Hello. You're tuned into. Oh. I'm gay. And I'm your host, Geraldo Rivera. You're tuned into episode 16 of Geraldo's Edge Game. It's fucking gay, dude. You already know what it is. I'm going to come. And, uh, nothing new. Sad news, actually. Extremely sad. I'm so sad. I got banned from OnlyFans uh, due to what what appears to be episode 14, which was my most... They, they froze my account after I uploaded episode 14. And I can't even begin to, you know, I, I can't imagine why they would have would have banned that one, why they would have deleted it. I don't, they never told me what uh, policy guideline I violated, um, even though I asked specifically for that, much like the way I was canceled, banned from uh, Pornhub and also from YouTube. Oh, give me one second. I didn't close my front door. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh so I got banned and they couldn't tell me. But I have my suspicions. I did put a lot of images uh in that episode. I don't know why. I was just really I was really feeling the funnies that day. Um but I'm pretty sure it was uh one of those one of those got flagged. Um <laughs> And then uh, with YouTube, as you know, I uh, the there were probably a lot of other red flags they discovered afterwards, but the one that caught their attention was the 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 lighthouse tight house uh, parody that I did, which again is not my most I think incriminating video. Much like I think Edge Game fourteen is not my most incriminating video. Uh, on OnlyFans. Uh, nonetheless, uh, I should thank all uh, 20, 20 of you that somehow uh, shelled out money despite the very clear branding. What I sell is the idea that I think you're a fucking idiot if you pay for porn, which I stand by. But as long as we're on the same page that... I that you acknowledge it, you accept it, and you're okay with that. Maybe that's even your kink. Um, then that's fine, you know. And then we can move forward. But I just I can't help but to not make that a very clear. I want that. I want that reminder every time you you do it that I think uh, you're retarded. Um, and so I had twenty retards uh, paying me monthly at any given moment. I'm not. I'm sure. They cycled through, but somehow I maintained uh, a stream 
of idiots uh, subscribing to that for like over like a year, about a year. So, you know, millionaire at this point, but, you know, thank you to those who did support um, support me uh, for really nothing, for really for shit posting. I'm pretty sure it says on my bio that's mostly for shit posting and that if you pay for porn, you're an idiot. So don't think anyone was expecting much, but I did. Finally, I was actually taking it seriously and, and posting. It's not much, but I was posting the, you know, the uncensored version of this podcast, the video. I was posting it on OnlyFans. That was a premium service in my mind. If you wanted to see my penis for the millionth time in a different context, uh, you could see it on OnlyFans, and uh, apparently that was my my downfall was trying, okay? And so the lesson here is to never try, and that is my takeaway from my experience with OnlyFans. Moving on, uh, as you can see, I've uh, gone back to nursing now that I realize I'm not going to be able to sustain my current lifestyle with uh, pornography and camming. In addition to OnlyFans, I discovered that my streammate account seems to have been either terminated or frozen. I can't even access it to see if I was locked out or something. I, I just can't log into it. Um, I can't find me on the platform anymore. Um and I haven't gotten a response from their support team. So I didn't receive any notification and I haven't received any confirmation that that's true, but nonetheless, uh, that's also a frozen income stream at the moment. Um, so yeah, nursing is, it's where I gotta go. Just kidding. Nursing's fucking gay. I'm not doing that, but I'm ready. Uh, I'm on the front line if, if needed. Uh, the other income stream potentially I may have mentioned is, uh, I like participating in various, uh, research studies, uh, clinical trials. And here in California, uh, well, at least Southern California, the big one is through WCCT global and apparently bought by some Chinese company called Alta Sciences or something like that. I think they're both Chinese companies nonetheless, regardless, but there's just one bigger one bought the other. So it's a, it's a clinical trial conglomerate of sorts. And I found it, I think, early 2020, early quarantine, where I was like, how can I also make money doing dog shit? Um, and... I did one trial through them, through theirs, um, for, I, I, it was some kind of liver thing, but they needed someone who was healthy and apparently I'm healthy. I'm a young, healthy, uh, 20 something who can smoke weed long enough to, you know, participate. Um, and I did, and, uh, you, you go and they inject you with a, a mystery fluid and then you hang out for a specified number of days. Some of the studies are like months. The one I did, I was like, I think only a 
maybe like four or five days. But the one thing they were looking for was uh, apparently a known potential side effect was uh, blood in your stool. You just shit blood. And so they had to uh, collect my shit regularly, which I've never been. That's like the place you wouldn't shit. Uh, and I actually struggled to give them like stool sand. Like I would spend the day like dreading, like, can I poop today? Will I poop today? Cause that's a, you know, I'm the, I'm the type of person that doesn't even shit like on vacation. Like I'll just be constipated for like a week, which sucks. Um, it's just something about my, just the nerves, you know? Uh, I have no trouble shitting in public generally, but it's just like something about being on vacation specifically. It's like, so it's too stressful. So Anyway, this place, I haven't described it, but it's also like, it's it's like you want to equate it to prison, but in some ways it's a little bit worse um, because I think in prison, at least for me, I would, I would appreciate the privacy, I think, at some points where it's like uh, just at least where you sleep. I feel like most prisons, they don't at least have you sleeping. <laughs> I don't know. The trade-off here is that you have more space. But in this place, in the trials, they put four bunk beds in a room. And so you can have up to eight people chilling, stinking it up, festering in this. It's like it's like a camp. Really, it's like a like a like a camp. Um, except you don't go outside and you don't do really anything. There's like there it's like one room, it's like a dorm. It feels like a dorm. Um, and you, you got, you got to bring your own shit, which is fine. If I was there longer, I didn't, I just brought a laptop, but the idea of like, I don't know if I had to be there longer than three days, like you got to figure out what's the culture of like, can I, is it cool to jerk off in the bathroom, in the shower? Can I put a curtain up in my bunk bed? Like I had a lot of questions if I was there longer. Um, but yeah, they, they, they shot me up with the mystery jism and nothing happened. At least not, I'm not aware of, I don't know. I don't know if I'm different from who I was before that. Um, but that's when I got my will sorted out was before, <laughs> before participating in a, in a clinical trial for some mystery drug. Um, but it paid really well. It paid like, I don't know, like five or six K or something for like, I only have to drive up like a couple times. This is an advertisement, by the way. This is sponsored by Alta Sciences, WCCT Global. Uh, in I think it's close to Disney Disneyland. I forget. But check it out. <laughs> you want to sacrifice your body. The only reason I can do it is because I don't care much about my body. If you care about your life and your future and, and all that, like definitely don't. But if you're feeling like you want to kill yourself, maybe, you know, do a clinical trial and just, you know, maybe you'll, I met a lot of people who like, that's like their gig. Like they, they can pretty much make ends meet if they just do a bunch of trials, uh, back to back to back lined up and they just don't make, they just make sure not to tell the other trials that they're, uh, they've done other trials this year and things like that. Um, yeah. Uh, but anyway, oh, my point is that I'm probably going to do that again. I went in for a pre-screening last week and I'm waiting to hear back 
for a, I believe it's uh, some kind of treatment or vaccine for the norovirus, a norovirus, which is just like food poisoning, essentially. Um, and I'm told that they'll give me like 50% of participants will receive active neurovirus. Like you'll be given food poisoning in the lab and then they'll see if their treatment was effective in either preventing it or reducing the amount of suffering. <laughs> so I might shit my brains out. But if I get if I get picked, you know, if I'm good enough for this sort of thing, if I'm what they want. Um, so, yeah, that'll have to make ends meet for now until I don't know. I guess I can try other camming platforms I haven't explored yet, but I had good reviews on this other one. A lot of a lot of lonely old men really liked me on StreamMate. They 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 would a lot of false advertising on their end because they would say I had a, a huge cock. They said I had huge cock and huge loads. And if you know me, if you see my my videos, if you see my cock, it is extremely average. Maybe my videos make it look bigger. Maybe my because my body is proportional. I'm a I'm a petite dude. Maybe it makes my cock look beefier. But trust me, it's it's all about perspective and. Um, it's very average, okay? But the ads, the the reviews definitely suckered in a lot of people into my, my cam show back when I was super active. So I'm hoping I can always rebuild, but I'd rather not. Um, rather not. So stay tuned for that. Okay. That's it for updates. I'm... Uh, Maybe I'll do a. Maybe I'll stream from the the study. Maybe they'll let me uh, fucking jerk off live, um, in my bunk bed. That'd be kind of hot. <clears throat> I want to kill myself. This is uh the continuation of Girls Up Smooshed, part. This is I guess part uh five now. And uh, I was dating Rachel, the nurse, the nursing student. I don't know where I left off. It doesn't fucking matter. But I loved her. She was cool. Uh, the 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 dynamic was that we were both kind of like quirky relative to like the very basic white uh, suburban culture of Westchester University. We were both just a little quirky, but not like. You know, we weren't cool or hip enough really to to really blend in in like Philly or something, you know, but we both felt quirky enough. Uh, I don't know what the point is. Oh, but it's just basically that I was, uh, I don't know. I don't know that I, I kind of felt like because I was I was barely a minority to her that I was kind of not a token like Asian ethnic boyfriend, but I think it made her feel a little bit cool to have a supposedly ethnic boyfriend that kind that still looked essentially white. Um, but was also like kind of weird and, and, and autistic. Um, I think it made her feel a little bit more interesting as well. 
And I, I, I always felt like she never really understood my sense of humor, but was charmed by it, you know, laughing at me, but not with me. I always felt like a little jester, like or a little Filipino monkey that would uh, dance and clap for her and her white friends. Uh, that's how I felt. That's truly how I felt around her and her family. Uh, like that, like I was some kind of, I was novelty and I think I liked it. You know, it made me feel, I guess it made me feel like I was uh different or weird, which I think I always felt like I was more, I don't know, tr not traditional. I, I don't know. I, I always felt like it was pretty basic, like amongst my relative to my friends I grew up with and that, you know, I'll move to Philly and we're doing cool, like music and like fashion and like art shit. I always felt like I was pretty like basic and normy, like just studying nursing, studying the hard science of nursing, dedicating my life to, uh, the people, you know, I always, and I was surrounded by people like that. I was like, that's what I feel like I'm becoming as, as a nurse. And I think that's what you kind of get pretty, you get pretty lame. I think the longer you work in medicine, um, I don't know. So I already felt that. So for someone to be like, oh yeah, you're, you're, you know, being the mo the smartest kid in the special ed room kind of, kind of vibe. Um, anyway, it got better after college a little bit, but we broke up in college, I remember. And then I had, it was like before Valentine's day. But even while we were dating, I was, I was addicted to Tinder. I was, I was, we met, we didn't meet on Tinder, but I still had Tinder while we were dating and I still swiped while we were dating. Um, and we broke up just because I, I think I just couldn't deal with the guilt of, uh, doing that. I was, I just felt shitty. Um, apparently I had some kind of conscience still, but I hadn't learned from my previous uh, mistakes of trying to do that. <clears throat> um, so yeah. So yeah, I was doing that for quite a while and, and I'm just going to run through a couple of people I cheated on her with this time. I actually did meet or meet up with people and she did hook up with people that weren't Rachel, uh, that weren't my girlfriend. So, uh, this one's shitty. I don't even want to, I don't even want to tell that one. <laughs> Let's see. There was a chick. <laughs> I met a girl on the beach while I was with my family, I think in uh, Delaware. And uh, I remember I thought it her, I saw her with a kid with like a, a small child. And I just assumed it was her little nephew or something or her cousin. And, Ended up being her son, uh, but I hit on her anyway, and she told me this whole story about how, you know, some U.S. Marine knocked her up and then kind of just, like, ditched her and wouldn't want to, like, hook up with me because she just was not good with feeling used and she wanted someone stable and blah, 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 and... uh Somehow I just, you know, I think I just lied and was just like, yeah, like, you know, I live not far from 
I think she was from like Baltimore or something. And I just convinced her like, no, like it'll be, you know, I really like you. And I don't know how I did this in the course of a day. I, I never like, again, this is like the, the confidence I got from like being in a relationship was like just being able to approach people like that. But when you're single, like you just don't do that. I like, it's hard. It's, it's, it's like infinitely harder in my opinion, which is so scummy. Um, but yeah, I picked her up on the beach and I remember when we fucked in my car at some point after like a day of hanging out and then, uh, never saw her again, but <laughs> I don't know why I'm telling this, uh, Sasha M. It's just some girl from Tinder that I remember, uh, she only told me at, like afterwards that I took her virginity, but she suggested we go to a church by her house and we parked my car behind in the, in the back lot of a church and we fucked and she bled all over my backseat. And she was like, Oh yeah, by the way, I'm like, I'm a virgin. I was like, okay. Uh, but she didn't want anything. She just like wanted to like get it over with. So, and then didn't, and then when she just never spoke to me again, and I think she's like some kind of crystal heel. And then I remember we went like on a date like years later, I think we like matched again on Tinder and we just like talked again and we just like went to a diner and, and talked about the time we fucked and then, and then we parted ways, uh, or we talked about people we had dated over the years. It's kind of funny. Um, but she's like a, yeah, she's a hula hoop girl. Uh, Again, while dating Rachel, I I literally on my birthday, I remember after a clinical I had at some hospital in Delaware, um, I met some chick on Tinder and we went to a diner called Daddy's, which I thought was very funny. I think it's still out there. It's just Daddy's. Uh, and then we went back to her place to, as I wrote, to exchange oral. And... Uh, and I swear I went down on her for like an hour and my tongue was bleeding and she was just like, she just rode my tongue like as hard as possible. Uh, you know, the whole idea of like sitting on my face, like it's fine if you're, I don't know, it's fine for a little while, but she was just down. She just really was just abusing my, my mouth and tongue. And I remember like, uh, um, like the bottom of your tongue, like the frenulum. I remember that was like, cut or like it was it was bleeding it wasn't like detached but it just was like <laughs> my shit hurt and then yeah and then I went and had dinner with my girlfriend that night um for my birthday scummy scummy um and then I think that was the last time I cheated with her and then we broke up I don't know, it doesn't matter. 2017 and then uh I was I was lonely and then sad again and um I met this uh girl named Carrie, Carrie T. And she was really interesting. I think she's really fucked up. But she had turned her life around. It th this was at a point where she had come up. She had come out of the 
really dark period, but was still a very dark person. You know, she didn't become very bubbly and uh, like, you know, motivational. It was still very much like, yeah, I don't know, like life fucking blows, which I liked. Um, And I remember she had this crazy story about how, yeah, she went through a dark phase of like doing all sorts of drugs and like getting in like orgies and, and like gang bangs, but not because I, I think just to feel something, she just like didn't care about her life and, and stuff. And, um, and she had graduated and was working as a, uh, like a botanist for like, a like a nature preserve or something in Delaware. And uh, I remember she invited me to the place and she was literally like living in a cabin in the woods, which really spooked me. But I was also kind of down. I was just like, whatever, you know, Uh, at that point I was like, I was heavily medicated again. I'd gone back to therapy um, uh, and had started taking some sort of antidepressants and switching antidepressants and blah, blah, blah. So I was, I was feeling it. Um, and yeah, we had a good time and, um, I think we fucked and then listened to like, I don't remember it. I, I can remember the vibe of it, but I can't, I don't remember who it was. It doesn't matter. But I remember like after fucking, we were like cuddling and talking and, um, we heard noises in the house like multiple times through the night. And every time she would, uh, pull out this like giant knife. She just had this giant like hunting knife or like a Bowie knife or something. I don't know, but she's had it by her bed. <laughs> she put on her robe and like, I'd follow her like around the house. I think it happened like twice. Cause I, I was like, there's no way this is going to happen. Ever. Like we can't fuck here anymore. <laughs> um, if you're that spooked, if it's supposed to be that sketchy out here. But I remember, yeah, she wanted to, she wrote me like, she sent me this poetry that I kept in an email and it, uh, she didn't write it for me, but it's very, it's so dark, but I like reading it. It's very, um, I don't know. It makes me feel like I need a shower. Like I need a cold shower. It makes me feel like I want to die it makes me feel like I don't want to, like, I, I just want to stop doing anything. It's very good. Uh, she invited me to go like hiking in Tennessee, but I was like really enthralled with my nursing, I guess, and couldn't sacrifice any time. Uh, and then we stopped talking after that, but I think about her a lot. I always think about if that's someone I could have actually connected with and dated like long-term but something about her attitude and mentality towards like, I, I guess cause she would see the nature of like the way fungi would like decompose, you know, a dead deer. Uh, and she would just like describe it in excruciating detail. And that's kind of how it like, it's just influenced her idea of like how the cycle of life and the nature of life itself and death and, she would explain all this to me while I was like, had just like nutted inside her and, you know, 
it, it really not it didn't fuck me up. I just I think it developed some kind of weird association with like post nut clarity and and you know what else hap- what else happens now after now that I've come now that I've fulfilled my instinctual need to uh, supposedly procreate. You know what what now? Can I die now? Why can't I just die now? Um, yeah. Carrie. Hope she's good. Uh, I dated someone named Alexandra L. And at this point I was like dating kind of more frequently and I developed a kind of rhythm to, you know, what I would do, you know, where I would take dates and stuff. And the, the thing I like to do that seemed to always get me, that seemed to always work not necessarily always get me laid. It always got me at least hand stuff was, uh, you go to the Franklin, uh, observatory at the, I don't know, the science museum in, in Philly. Uh, I forget. Is it the Franklin? I don't know. Institute. I don't know. It doesn't matter. But every once a month on the full moon, they would uh, have a, a night, they would open it up at night and you could go on the roof and like look at stars and you can go into like the, um, God, what is it? I don't know. The, the, the planetarium and like they would do the show and blah, blah, blah. It's cute. It's a cute date and you get ice cream or you go to the diner afterwards and you know, it's, it's nice. But, uh, so I did, I took a couple of girls and one of them was Alexandra. And I remember after, after we came back, we fucked. And that night when I came, I knew it felt kind of weird, but like not painful, just like kind of uncomfortable a little bit, which had never happened. It just felt like a weird pressure. It kind of reminded me of when I, took Risperdal and like you have that retrograde ejaculation or whatever. It just kind of felt like I, I, cause I, but I knew I came though. I pulled out and there was come. So I was like, I don't know. Um, I didn't think about it. Went to bed next morning. We fucked again and I pulled out and came on her stomach and my cum, uh, was bloody. It was red. Not like it wasn't just blood, but you can picture it that way if you want. But yeah, I pulled out and I had cummy or bloody cum or cummy blood. I don't know the uh, exact ratio. But I, I I remember like looking at her and her looking at me and looking down. And we were both kind of like, I think <laughs> we were both like waiting for each other to react, I think, because I was more worried about her thinking like, oh, he like that I had like an STD or something or something like that. I was waiting for her to freak out and she was waiting for me to freak out because she thought maybe I'd be in pain or something. Um, but we were both really calm. I was just like, Oh, that's a, what the fuck, you know? And then I Googled it and I was just like, okay, apparently it's, uh, apparently it's more common than you would think. It's, it's a matter of like, well, so, she left and I went to urgent care. She offered to come, but I was like, no, I think, I think this is probably just for me to, to, to do. Um, and this was only like our first or second day, which is hilarious. 
And then, uh, yeah, they gave me antibiotics and all that shit, but they, there was nothing wrong, you know, no, I was clean. Um, and it turns out it's just like, you know, the vasculature in your dick is, uh, very, it is sensitive. It's, it's, it's fragile. And so when you like fuck or when you have a really hard cock and then when you come on top of that, it adds all this additional pressure when you're, uh, when your dick spasms and, you can burst the blood vessels in your dick uh, during sex. <laughs> and it did, which it never happened when I was jerking off, which I thought it would have because my I've had jerk off sessions that were way more intense, you know, uh, back in the day. But um, I don't know if it was because of supplements I was taking or the meds or what, but I, I, I just blood and I was afraid to nut for like, like a month after that, I I was like paranoid that I had to wait for it to like recover fully or something or that I needed like a, I don't know. <laughs> I needed like a stent in my dick to make sure it was, the blood was flowing correctly. You know, imagine getting a blood clot in your cock. I don't know if that happens. That has to happen. I've never heard of it, but like that has to happen to someone. I'll look it up after this. Um, I met a girl named Michaela who worked at Franklin Fountain, which is the uh, ice cream parlor. And she was really aggressive and like had bruises and cuts on her. And she told me it was because she got into a lot of fights. And I thought it was very entertaining and kind of hot. And I was hoping she would... She kept threatening to beat me up which I really liked. I had never experienced, uh, I'd never been threatened like that. And I thought, and I was like, she definitely would though. I was never threatened by someone that definitely would beat the fuck out of me. But this, she was like really about it. Um, but we didn't. We ended up fucking and in my, in my car, in the back seat. I got a lot of, got really into like fucking in cars during this period. I already did with Julie back in high school, but this point in my life, I was like fucking in my car regularly because I was like dating people in like Philly and like all over greater Philly area. So a lot of times it wasn't convenient to drive back to Westchester um, or if like we were in Philly, like we weren't waiting to fuck until, you know, we weren't going to drive an hour back to my place. So yeah, I got used to fucking in a Honda Accord which is not, I still have the same car. I still, you know, haven't fucked in it for a while, but I would like to. Uh, and Michaela didn't beat me up. And then there was Yadira, the girl, the Mexican girl from Starbucks who squirted all over my car in a sketchy alley. <laughs> That's all I wrote. That's it. She just, she just squirted a lot. <laughs> Uh, just M. She loved how much how she loved my head, but was smart enough to recognize how flaky I was. Because I remember I invited her to go to my friend's show in Philly, and I had brought another friend. I had brought a friend. I had brought Hannah. I had brought Hannah M. to the show, and I don't know why. I don't know what I thought was going to happen. I thought I was just going to 
mingle and just not mention like I was fucking one or something. I just pretend I just introduce them as friends to each other. Um, but I think I ended up just not talking to Jess, even though I saw her and she didn't see me. I just hung out with Hannah. <laughs> really stupid. I was just there promoting my friend. Um, Rebecca, the ShopRite cashier who liked to read books at bars. And then we hung out. I literally approached her at, at ShopRite. I don't know what got into me, but I asked for her number at like while she was working. Like I checked out my groceries and paid. And I was like, and I talked to her. Uh, anyway, she got way too high while we were hanging out. She rolled a spliff, I remember, and we just like cruised. And I didn't get high. I didn't smoke at all. So I wasn't on her level. But I could tell. I just knew it because I had been there so many times. I had been in that place where you're just too high to, to really be good socially. And uh, yeah, she was she was definitely too high. And we had sex anyway, but it made me uncomfortable how high she was. You know, I could just I could just feel it. I could just feel how like it wasn't like that she was uncomfortable with the sex, but just like she just didn't know how to like communicate. She was like nonverbal. And then, and I say that because I, I had gone on this date the same time uh, around this time where I picked her up. She had a weird thing. I don't know. She never told me the full story, but she had this thing where I remember the first day we she had to leave because she was in this having this fight with her mom. And it seemed like she stole the car and just like left to go on this date, I guess, because like, I don't know, her mom was protesting her being a slut or like some kind of whore. I don't know. And going on dates. But uh, she had to leave after like half an hour. I was like, that was cool. Like, we'll figure it out another time. And we had scheduled another date and then she canceled about, I think like an hour before we were supposed to meet up and I was like, well, shit. And so, uh, at that time I was baking a lot of brownies. I was really into like weed brownies and usually I didn't get super fucked up on them. I would just, I would try not to cause then I would just sit and like watch always sunny and like it wouldn't be that funny to me. It would just be really dark. I would just hyper analyze always sunny and just feel like really awful about the world, even though, you know, they're characters that are meant to be shitty. doesn't matter. So that's how high I was getting back in the, back in that day. But I was also like mixing weed with like Zoloft and, and Lamictal. And like, it was, it wasn't a good, it wasn't a good look. Um, but anyway, I was I guess I was so disappointed that she had canceled this hot this hot babe with problems that I, I ate a whole brownie that day and went to play Halo. And then she texted me back. I was like, actually, yeah, I can hang out. She texted me back like half an hour later. And I, at that point I was like, Oh yeah, like I'm I'm good. I'm good. Like I don't feel any like I, I can do it. Uh yeah, and I just I got lost on her way to her house. She only lived like twenty minutes away. Uh, and you know, just the classic got too high classic got too high. And that's the inspiration for the classic 
which is actually my first ASMR, my first video ever was the uh, the Tinder date role play got too high for first date. That is uh that is the inspiration for that. That is, you know, and maybe I should flesh that one out more, but I think it it it's it's good as is. Uh, because I basically we I picked her up and somehow we made it to a diner and I just felt awful the whole time and um just just you know, classic paranoia. She said I was funny though. But that's what people always say when I get too high and I'm just convinced that like I'm being weird. But everyone afterwards always tells me I'm hilarious. And I sometimes I wonder if I'm funnier when I'm high, but I don't know what that means. Uh, if, if I'm just weirder and they think it's and that translates to funny, but if I'm quirkier, more neurotic, I haven't figured it out. Uh, and we went back to my place. Somehow it was, it was still going well. And she was literally, she was literally on my bed. She was literally on my bed, like laying there, like inviting me to like sit there with her to, to lay with her. And I'm sitting in my computer chair and we're just like watching. I, I probably put on always sunny or something. I was really into it at that time. Um, and yeah, and I I remember I was just too nervous to even like make a move. And we just sat like that <laughs> until it was time for me to take her home. And then, uh, yeah, and then I never saw her again. But that was one of my regretful missed opportunities that I was like, maybe I should stop getting high. <laughs> that was, I think that's the one thing that could help me uh, motivate me to stop. At that time, I was struggling to not stop like, getting high to stop using weed. Um, I struggled with that for a while in a way I kind of still do. Like I still use it once in a while, but it's like, it, it affects me so kind of negatively that I don't really care to do it much. It's more of like, uh, I, I get high once in a while just to remind myself why I don't get high. It's like, Oh yeah, I don't actually really like this, but it's more kind of refreshing in the same way. Like, uh, like shrooms is refreshing. It's not like for me, shrooms is never really that enjoyable. You know, it's not like a, I don't think of it as like a, a good fun time, but it is like interesting. And, um, you feel refreshed in a way afterwards because of the, the negative, not inherently negative experience you went through, but you're, you're alarmed, I guess. Anyway, uh, if you think I smoke a lot, I don't. I really don't. I used to, but uh, I can't. My brain has grown up. Uh, I dated Emily Bray, ooh, Emily B, who is a nursing underclassman, hippie yoga chick, uh, but basically kind of retarded. And uh, <laughs> I remember she just smoked hella weed. Uh and she had a crush on me even while I was dating Rachel, but for some reason I didn't make a move. I didn't make let that happen. I was just because uh, I knew how much she like was crushing on me, so I I felt I actually I guess I felt bad for her in that case, uh, and I just knew it would just be distracting and drain energy if I broke her heart, and especially because she was in you know in nursing school, so she definitely would it would have affected. Uh, some of my relationships 
uh, professional or otherwise. And then, yeah, and then when we, um, Rachel and I broke up, I just hit her up one night and was like, do you want to hang out? And then we fucked immediately. Uh, yeah. But she was always very sad. And we're still friends, actually. We dated on and off, and whenever I'm home, I, you know. She's anti-vax now. She's an anti-vax nurse, which I think is hilarious, uh, but kind of predictable. Her her mom is very uh, crunchy. I don't know why I'm telling you this, but she's my inspiration for anti-vax nurses. I don't know if it's because her uh, brother is autistic, but can't say it doesn't influence uh, her views. <sighs> Sarah Kay. Really don't remember. Like this is like, a, this one is a weird, I guess it's not that weird, but it's just a mom I met. She was like in her thirties living in a trailer park in like, uh, like it, like Columbia PA. Um, which is basically York, but it's definitely like, it's definitely Hickville. But I remember we matched, I know, I think I met her on a Craigslist and I remember I went to her trailer. This is when I was like 22 and, um, I gave her a massage. She had like fibromyalgia or something <laughs> and she asked me to buy her cigarettes on the way over. So I did. And I don't, the sex was whatever, but she, I, I guess she thought it was awesome, but she also, I guess had been divorced for a while. And like, I don't know. I don't know what the guys were like in Columbia, but not, not many. Um, and then afterwards, like we hung out and she, we made s'mores. <laughs> she told me about her kids. Oh God. It was like very, I liked I liked it. It was it was nice connected with an older woman like that. Um and then one of her neighbors who I still think about, I think I still follow or have on Inst on Facebook or something. But uh he's like a farmer who used who is a lawyer but has turned to farming and um being like a lobbyist for like agricultural uh, rights of like farmers rights and, and shit like that. Cause farmers are abused like in all, in a lot of aspects, um, especially like in meat production. Um, and I don't know, he was very, very neat. And then he gave me like two dozen eggs to take home. <laughs> so I went to go fuck this milf and I came home with two dozen eggs. It was pretty cool. And I saw that guy, actually. I saw that guy. He was like, uh, he was at some rally. I don't know if it's a Trump rally. He was at some kind of political rally. And he, he like, he's a guy that brings like llamas. Like he has llamas and he brings llamas to all of his like lobbying events. You probably look him up and find him. I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that right now. I'm going to jerk off to him right now. Uh, and then I went to camp and then whole time I was at camp, I worked at this, uh, at a, at a retard, a retarded children's camp, um, up in the Poconos because I just graduated and that was a cool job to do. That wasn't 
in the hospital. I, I already knew I didn't want to work in a hospital, especially right out of school. I was like, fuck this shit. So I found uh, camp nursing as an escape, as an alternative. And um, it truly was like, it was, it was a camp for uh, kids with like either autism. Uh, There's this thing, a rare condition called 22Q deletion syndrome, which is like an extension of, it's like autism, but it has more uh, physical uh, uh, physical defects in addition to the, the mental, um, neurological defects. And then there was like hemophilia. You can probably, I'm doxing the camp at this point, but you know, I met a lot of cool nurses. It's a good way to meet a lot of, I didn't, I didn't have camp experiences, uh, as a kid really, aside from like boy scouts, which I wasn't molested. And, um, and then it was also for, it was Boy Scouts, so there weren't any, like, hot female counselors. There weren't other girls your age that you could, like, talk to and maybe have your first kiss with. So I didn't understand, I didn't realize camp was, that is, like, that is where you get pussy. Um, that is where, that's the place to get laid. And then, because, yeah, because, like, camps are run by, like, a bunch of college kids. Like, normal camps uh, are just a bunch of, like, hot college kids up in the woods. So everyone be fucking. And now I love camp. Um, and I met this, uh, nurse named Katie and I fucked in, uh, we fucked in bunk beds and now I really like bunk beds, but it's not often. And I, I think it was the additional, like we're at camp. Something about fucking at camp is, uh, a unique kind of magic, <laughs> Um, she's a lesbian now. Yeah, because I we we did that, and then the next year we saw it, she came to camp again, and at that point she had a girlfriend, and and also she was addicted to Benadryl, which I thought was hilarious. Uh, but she was working as a nurse, but like she had worked a regular job, and now she, uh, she worked nights and like couldn't sleep regularly, so she was a like literally abusing Benadryl to help her. Uh, she would like take Benadryl to take a nap. <laughs> it's such a dark place to be. Like you're not even taking just, I mean like a lot of sleeping, I don't know if you understand, but a lot of sleeping medications or like medicines that also are like nighttime, like NyQuil. It's just like all they're doing is adding Benadryl or adding uh, some kind of like, you know, first generation uh, antihistamine. Um, that makes you drowsy. It's really all it is. Uh, but she was just taking straight Benadryl, which is, I thought was hilarious. Um, sex was awesome though. Sex was awesome. She, I like, I'm glad I, you know, what, you know, I feel bad that perhaps another penis will never experience that, uh, that amazing sexual chemistry ability but hey uh and then i dated julia m she went to school like close to my hometown and i went to westchester which was closer to her hometown so we kind of traded places really funny really awkward really socially uncomfortable but super funny and liked cool music so we went to a lot of concerts and um i mostly just felt guilty again because i think she liked me a lot more than i kind of liked her. Um, 
And again, I, you know, I keep saying that and it's really probably cause I just didn't know how to turn the swag off. I was just used to like, and I, I think I got really addicted to, I wanted them to like me. Like that's my whole, I'm a people pleaser. So I was always really trying hard to like make a girl fall in love with me, even though I didn't really like her that much. I would still like want her to like me, to love me as much as possible. Um, and then, and then I, and then somehow I feel guilty about having done that afterwards of, of, I guess, leading a girl on. So yeah, it's, it's not me saying like, oh, I don't know what happened. It's totally me. Like it's on purpose. Uh, just because the sex is so much better. The sex is so much better and more passionate when, uh, when she loves you, you know? Uh, and I got addicted to that and that's really emotionally manipulative. But anyway, she's really funny, really, really funny, actually. Like one of the funniest people, uh, and we even like stayed kind of together on and off up until I moved to San Diego. And I, I remember the last time we hung out, it was just like, by the way, I'm moving to San Diego. <laughs> Like I didn't really mention, I like talked about it, but then I never confirmed that I was going to do that. And then she's just like, oh, I was like, yeah, see ya. And a lot of those times with like these relationships where it's, we're friends, we didn't date really officially. Like a lot of these that I mentioned were just like, we're good friends, but we never had a label. We were never exclusive, but a lot of times it felt they, I think they felt it was exclusive. Um, and I would tend to just kind of let the sex fizzle out. Like we would just, I would start just being like, no, I don't want to like have sex or something or like I make up an excuse and then it would just become normal hangouts and then we would just be friends. That's kind of like how I've maintained a lot of my relationships is just having like people I used to fuck, but not as a girlfriend, boyfriend, just casually so that when we stopped having sex, it wasn't that weird. So I have a lot of friends like that. I have a lot of friends who are girls that I used to fuck, but not date kind of, I don't know if that makes sense, but, uh, we keep up on LinkedIn Natalie A, Manic Pixie Dream Girl, but in real life, a real life Zoe De Chanel, actually bipolar, actually crazy. Not sorry, it's coming out hard. She was actually bipolar. I didn't know her when she was like manic or depressed, but she told me some really awful stories. And she truly is bipolar. Like I'm bipolar, but not otherwise specified. I don't even really agree with bipolar in general. I don't think that's the right. I think I'm misdiagnosed, but. She's truly like, you know, when she's manic, she's like off fucking like random dudes at like four in the morning, like that she's put an ad out on Craigslist or like on Tinder for just doing whatever drugs, making like crazy like art that is nonsensical, just like writing like novels that are gibberish, you know, making her own languages, like that kind of thing. And then, yeah, the flip is, you know, the, obviously the, the horrible depression. So she's like 
truly in it. But I, I met her when she was like balanced on some medications and had just moved to Philly and blah, blah, blah. And she had a pixie haircut, like Julie. And I was like, oh, this is perfect. Like this is just Julie, but she's like insane with the potential to be insane later. Um, and I think it was just the haircut that really got me like, got me rock hard. Uh, the, I think that she's the only other girl with a really short haircut that I fucked and I love it. I think I still like it. I think I, I don't know. I'm still really into it. Like I still look up like porn with like pixie cuts and like girls with just like shorter hair in general. So I guess maybe Julie set the bar, but, uh, oh yeah, she really liked to drive. I think that's why I liked her a lot too. I remember we, we fucked to drive twice. <sighs> Don't know what it was, but <sighs> drive. Um, I'm just going to skip some of these. I don't know. I'm telling you any of these. Milena. Oh yeah. Milena came back in the picture. The girl I had went, to, drove all the way to like Pittsburgh to go to her prom. We kept in touch and she ended up, uh, coming to, she ended up studying in Philly. She was, uh, studying to be a doctor or she was in some pre-med program. Uh, and we fucked. And then I remember we like, we, we fucked one time and we like kind of kept in touch because I went back to home and she was, I don't know. I, I think I was dating like Rachel again at some point after that. So yeah. So again, we, Rachel and I broke up. We got back together in the summer. Uh, Cause we kept in touch and like, I thought this was going to become, I thought she was going to be one of those like, friends that's a girl that we used to fuck but the, it, it was hard because we dated for so long and we we used the l word and so we hang out but i was still in love with her and we started dating after we graduated and i moved to philly she moved to baltimore so we were trying to do this kind of long distance thing um but i was cheating um while i was living in philly And somehow she found she found out because well she didn't find out I was cheating. What she found was my uh, she was staying over in my tiny studio apartment uh, in West Philly. She was using my laptop while I was at work, and she found my OkCupid account. I guess it was in my either in my history or it like popped up. I think when she put O or I don't know came up as an auto result or fill in. And, uh, she looked, looked through literally all of my messages and everything. And I remember, uh, she called me while I was at work. Uh, at that time I was working at a children's hospital, but it was working at an outpatient like clinic, like within walking distance. I used to walk in the fucking cold to that job. And, uh, back in my day, I used to walk, one mile in the snow. <laughs> um, she called me while I was at work. All I did was like give vaccinations, and it was a bullshit job. I thought to 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 under underserved black youth, I would and give asthma trees, treatments to kids whose parents smoked in the house. That was literally like half the job. Was like half the people coming in were parents were kit for kids who had known 
to have asthma and have severe asthma who have an inhaler whose parents cannot quit smoking and they can't apparently can't even quit smoking inside the house. Uh, and so their kids would come out, come in with like horrible asthma attacks. And then, uh, we would just give them albuterol treatments. That was half my job. Retarded. So Rachel calls me while I'm at my, on my break. I check my messages and, uh, she left me this hysterical voicemail that, uh, you know, that was a fucking asshole, blah, blah, blah. I think I caught wind of, okay, Cupid. I didn't hear it clearly, but I just knew something was wrong. And I immediately like left work and I was like sprinting to where her car would be. And I saw her uh, coming up the street. I remember she had the park really far cause the parking was so shitty by my house. Uh, and yeah, and I caught her and, uh, she almost ran me over cause I was trying to like stop her from leaving. It was one of those really dumb, like overly dramatic moments in my life that felt like a movie. Uh, but she really did almost like run me over. It was pretty cool. Um, like I was like, my adrenaline was pumping cause I was like sprinting for my job. Uh, everyone was looking at me like I was like, like I just stole something, <laughs> but I was wearing scrubs. So it's okay. It was fine. Um, and then somehow we, we recovered from that. We recovered from that and, we made up and we fucked again. And I was like, this is dumb. Why would you forgive me? Like you're a fucking idiot. You know? And I judged her. I was like, you're an idiot. You're, you're retarded for taking me back. Like I told her that she was like, whatever. I was like, Oh, like that. I don't know. That really is what turned me like once she knew, once she like really knew, I was like, I can't really date you in good conscience knowing that like you're okay with that. Cause she wasn't like open, like, you know, like, oh, we should be open and see other people. Like she was still like, she wanted to go back to just being like, yeah, like we're committed to each other. Like, it's fine. Like we're going to make it, you know, you were cheating, caught you cheating essentially once. It's fine. We're going to move on. I was like, no, I don't think like somehow that's a really huge turnoff for me. <laughs> like a weird double standard, but yeah. Yeah. And I broke up with her. I was sad about it, but I was like, I don't think I, I can date you knowing that like, I think I was still like overcome by the guilt too, but also I was judging her. I was just like, you're an idiot. <laughs> uh, so yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then <laughs> she comes back later. So we're already at an hour. So, I don't know. I have to pee. <sighs> anyway, after we broke up, Milena, blah, 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 we hung out. So she came to Philly for her birthday and was like, we we're going to hang out. And she invited me to come out with her. Just, I guess just me. I guess she wanted me to be her birthday fuck, which I thought was cool. I was like, yeah, all right. She didn't say that, but that's just kind of how I took it. She wanted me to be her birthday date. And so I showed her the the sights and uh, took her to a friend's like rap show, which I thought was funny. She's like the most like basic, like she's like a cute white girl. She was a cheerleader and like plays golf. And I took her to like this grimy like house show where she just felt she's like really uncomfortable. 
It was cool. And then uh, we went back. To, she had a hotel. She got a hotel. And I thought, you know, we would go back and fuck. And instead we laid in there. And like b- between the times, like when we, there was a lot of time that had passed since, you know, I met her in high school. And she told me about like all of her dating experiences and how she was essentially sexually abused by a guy for like, a guy that she was dating, you know, for like years and also other occurrences of sexual harassment she's had. And, you know, it's, it's definitely, and this was before we had sex. We just got like started talking and it got to that. And I was like, there's not a really a good way for me to, I couldn't, there was no way we could transition to like, okay, like let's fuck now. <laughs> All right, let's have, let's have normal consensual sex now. Um, with that in mind. Uh, it just didn't happen. And so we kind of just uh, stopped. We're still like chat very occasionally, but kind of stopped after that. Somehow I wasn't turned on. Uh, so I left Philly. I left Philly because I was so depressed after the breakup because I was like also like that's all I had because I was just spending every weekend commuting to Baltimore instead of like making friends in Philly. So when we broke up, I was just depressed in addition to like not having, like I had my friends there, but they all had their own things going on. So I didn't have my own like network really. It felt like I just wasn't, I don't know. So I got depressed and I broke my lease and I moved home. I moved back in with my dad after like a short, like four months or whatever. Um, I started working at like some rinky dink hospital. I got a job at a psych hospital back home and I met a girl in my orientation class named Diana or Diana. And she was, uh, uh, I believe she was, she was, she was, I always mixed it up, but she was either Ukrainian or Russian. Okay. And I know that sounds like I'm making that up because it's topical, but I swear to God, she was either one of those. And she was a nurse who had just graduated recently like me. And she was a hot, I thought she was really, really hot, but she was short, which I thought was, I thought I always pictured Ukrainian Russian women to be stronger, but that was just my, that's just from all the propaganda I've seen. Um, but she was like a cute little thing. But unfortunately she had like, there is this like community of uh, Ukrainian um, like families in, in, in Lancaster that all were like pretty much was like connected through their church. They all went to the same like Ukrainian church essentially um, and had very, they still had very traditional like values including uh, Dianka. And she was also in that boat of wanting to get married soon. Uh, and when I met her, she was 23 or whatever, 20. Yeah. And uh, for her, she was already saying like, that's old, you know, that's already old for me. In fact, just a matter of fact, like in their culture, it's just normal to be groomed. You know, it's like to already have, to have an older guy lined up for you when you're in high school is very normal and actually like desirable. Uh, they've been brainwashed to think that's 
how it should be. I mean, but again, it's just culturally that's just accepted and that's the norm. And um, I guess guys are expected to start prowling uh, once they're like 19 or whatever on, on, a, on a nice 16 year old to marry when they graduate. I don't know. But Dianca missed that boat. And uh, yeah. And, if, and like, I remember I was trying, I was like to, uh, I guess, cause she was a, a woman of God, but I could tell she wanted to fuck, but we didn't, uh, but we went on some dates and I, I think she was just really trying to like gauge if I was like in it to, for the, the long haul. And I just cannot pretend I was, but I would go to like her youth group stuff and like, you know, youth group churches at like mega churches are just, they're just dating. It's just dating. It's just a dating hall. It's a speed dating thing where you can meet a hot guy at the youth service. Uh, and I didn't meet a bay there, but I was like, she probably should just meet someone at church. That's probably like, I think she's giving me a chance cause she likes me otherwise and thinks I'm like, different, but I'm probably just going to ruin her life <laughs> if we go any further. So we stopped uh, seeing each other, but kept in touch. And uh, I think she's married. I think she's married now. Who knows? Who knows how long that'll last? I could always swoop back in. <sighs> Rachel, another Rachel. Uh, this is another actual, it's actually another Rachel L., this is Rachel L E. Uh met on Tinder. I think she was Peruvian. And I remember she was just sad. She like grew up in like around York PA. And she was just sad being like a minority, like just she had a degree but moved back home and was working at TJ Maxx. She had a degree in like marine biology or something cool. And like had experiences like like I don't know, studying like turtles and like some islands. And then she had to like come back to Bumblefuck, Pennsylvania and like work retail. Like she was so depressed. Like I would, you know, obviously very depressed uh, while she was trying to find a good job. And I liked that about her. I liked how we were both depressed and uh, having hadn't moved back or stayed in PA. Um, it was a good time. It was a good way to bond with people. It was just like being a, a young 20 something who like is really feeling fucked. That's who you want to fuck. That's who I still want to fuck, but not so much. I want them to be a little bit on the come up or at least feel more comfortable with being a fuck up. I think at that point you're very uncomfortable with it and you're very insecure about your future, but like the longer you're, kind of a fuck up the easier it gets. I'm, I'm finding as, as evidence here, I am evidence of that. I am very cool with being a fuck up. Uh, I'm not rock bottom yet, but I'm pretty sure if I do hit it, I'm ready. I'm ready for it. Uh, but yeah, we kind of just were good. We just kind of bonded over being miserable for a while. And... She was kind of, I was kind of seeing her at the same time I was seeing uh, Julia. And it was the same thing. It was like, I think the last time we hung out, it was just like, 
yeah, by the way, I'm uh, moving to California. <laughs> See ya. And kept in touch. And now she, you know, I think she ended up finally getting out. Um, moved to like Texas and takes care of turtles there. So happy. Hopefully, I think a lot of people uh, I dated back in PA, like really like their lives really picked up after uh, we stopped dating. <laughs> after I left, after I stopped holding them back, they all kind of like went and followed their dreams. But uh, it might have just been a timing thing. That just might have been a weird transition period for like a lot of people my age. Still is, still is a transition. Uh, before I moved to California, I met Casey F. At I went back for round two in retard camp, and she was a cute chick from Ohio, who was pre med, wanted to be a doctor, and she kind of reminded me of Rachel L. Or Rachel K. Uh, who I who I dated. And um, she's just really wholesome, like little town Ohio chick. And again, something about camp makes you fall in love. And I remember I, I took her on a tour of like the East Coast. I took her to like, took her to New York. And then we went to Philly, we went to Baltimore, we went to DC, we went to the beach. She had never been. And then uh, she went, she had to go home. And then I ended up driving out to fucking Ohio to fucking like Cincinnati suburbs to see her that same summer. Uh, and then after that, I was just like, uh, I guess we'll stop. And she was like, why'd you drive out here if you like don't want to like make this like make it serious? And I was like, you know what? I don't know. I don't, you know, I don't know. I'm fucking lonely. Uh even then when I told her, I was like, oh, I'm moving to California. I'm moving out West after this. She was like, well, we'll figure it out. Like, you know, I'll fly out there. Or like you can fly to Ohio or like, I was like, hell no, dude. Like, I like you, but I, I don't know if I like anyone that much, uh, to do long distance like that, which I should have known, uh, which I thought I was sure of at that point after, you know, having this, the very short long distance relationship of Baltimore to Philly. Um, apparently that was even too much for me to, to bear, but, um, yeah. So we broke up. I have to piss, but like, I feel like if I piss, it's going to take me longer to come and I'm already kind of there. Oh, this is uninteresting. I'm not even at the end. The rest of the stories are just like, these aren't juicy. I thought I'd get into more detail about the sex itself and make it a little more exciting, but it's kind of, uh, it's kind of just sad. Don't you think? Uh, oh, by the way, I'm not going to post. Well, since now there's no only fans, the, I think I'll still try to post an uncensored version. I, I think I'm legally allowed to advertise uh, many vids. I think many vids is partnered with X videos or they're like networked or whatever. They promote each other. So uh, I'm allowed to promote many vids. I don't think I was allowed to promote OnlyFans in the first place. So this is probably good. Um, but yeah, 
uh, I have the many vids still. I'll probably just post them on there. I don't know if it'll be a subscription thing or if I'm just going to do individual videos for like a dollar or something stupid like that. But uh, regardless, there will be uncensored versions on many vids, which is really just this video without the... It'll just be this video without um, this, without the ticker, without the headlines, and without the branding all over the place. And probably without the funny pictures, just so I don't get banned. Seems like X videos doesn't care what funny additions I add, any funny images, but uh, I think other platforms seem to track that a little more closely. Why would they? Why would they? I don't know. I have no idea. But uh, moving forward... X videos will be the only place uh, I add any fun things to. Okay, if you're listening to this just audio, weird, first of all, but uh, check out the video. I feel like the video might add a little something to it. I am seven feet tall, black, black and Mexican. And my cock is huge. My cock is huge. All right. And I've come multiple times and you can't even tell. I came seven times over the course of the hour. You wouldn't have even known. I'm just that good. Okay. All right. This underwear is definitely like distracting. Okay. Um, Geraldo Rivera, 2024 on Instagram, all underscores under everything. Geraldo underscore Rivera on many vids, pretty much all the same content that you see on X videos, but actually higher quality. I think they're, they use less compression than X vids. Um, but their server, they're kind of slow. Their site's kind of slow. Um, 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 Rachel F. Oh, this is like the third Rachel, right? No, this is the fourth Rachel. I dated a lot of Rachels. There's a lot of Rachels in fucking Pennsylvania, dude. Uh, before I left, I needed a Tinder date or I needed a date for the wedding for my cousin's wedding. And I just found a rando named Rachel F and she was super cool. Musically, like really got along and also had, you know, suburban greater Philly vibes. Uh, but for some reason she always had BO and I didn't know. We just never got to the point where I felt like I needed to ask. And I was like, you know, and I was also like, I'm leaving anyway, but if we like dated any longer, I would definitely have to know like what the deal was. If it was like purely like for health reasons or, you know, she just never found the right deodorant or maybe she wore deodorant. It just didn't work. But either way, she just like, even if she was like, I had known she had just showered and like gotten ready, uh, she like smelled like BO. And I remember she was my date at the wedding and she fucking reeked. And I thought it was funny because people noticed and like, who's going to say something? But I thought she was fucking, she was fucking hot though. That's the thing. I didn't care. She was like super curvy, like thick ass and would just let me do whatever to her. I was like, I don't give a fuck what you smell like at this point. 
Only the smell like, like like shit. Do you know if like her pussy was fine? Everything else was fine. She just seemed like she just had like sweaty armpits. And that actually ended up being kind of hot. It was more of like a pheromone thing. Um, but Rachel left, yeah. And luckily we only dated for like a month after that before I left. Um, but she would message me like, you know, do you think it would have worked if you had stayed? Like, hey, I'm kind of thinking about moving out. Like, Wes, like, are you still out there? Like, made me kind of sad because I thought it was kind of a clean break and it made sense. But she uh, somehow caught, she caught feelings in a month. Um, maybe because I'm one of the few that never mentioned the BO. I don't know, but, uh, yeah, Rachel F. Oh, and then, yeah. And then the last one, I think before I moved was Caitlin D who, this was when I was in my hometown living with my dad still. And I matched her on Tinder and I found out she was, um, a mutual friend. She was a friend of my friend's girlfriend. My my friend Josh's girlfriend had a friend named Caitlin who was like visiting her town with her um, on like spring break, not spring break, but just like some kind of break. And she invited me to go like hang out with them at some bar in town. There's a place called La P La Piazza where everyone from your high school goes to drink and sing karaoke. And, um, she was there and, um, I found out later she was like coked out and just like, she just uh, had a drug problem, but wasn't acknowledging it yet. She was still actively, she wasn't recovering yet at all. And, uh, she was doing coke in the bathroom and like, just thought it was really hot. And I never had like, I never went out to bars much or like really a lot of like, drug addled like parties. So I never had many people like approach me like that, which is fine. But she was just like pulling me in and like making out with me. And I was completely sober. Um, and just like making out with me in the bar, but like, it wasn't like turn up. It was like vibe. It was just like chill people just like getting fucked up and watching like football. So it was really weird. And I don't know if she took me out and like made out with me on like the back patio and just went like crazy. She was like crazy. She was insane. Um, and, uh, <laughs> and she just had, yeah, she, and she wanted to like suck my dick in the bathroom and all this shit. And, uh, it, you know, on paper it sounds hot and you know, you'd think I would have just said, yeah, but it made me very uncomfortable. I did not know how to, how to handle it. And, um, we went back to my house took her back to my dad's crib and we fucked. And I remember she, uh, just loved it rough and I could not fucking slap her hard enough. She wanted me to slap her ass, her face, just like beat the shit out of her. And I'd never been more humbled than when I could not, slap her hard enough to satisfy her because my hand hurt. I think I could have slapped her harder, but it was hurting my hand more than I guess it was hurting her probably cause she was drunk and coked out. So like she couldn't feel a thing. Um, and her hand, yeah, her ass would just beat red. And I was like, what the fuck? What am I doing wrong? Like, I work out. Like I take creatine. Like this has got to like, 
I can't do anymore. I'm at my limit. Um, yeah, and I still think about that. I, I haven't met anyone who like needed, you know, spanking or slapping that hard. So luckily, I guess I'm fine. But uh, I'm I'm ready. I'm always ready now. I practice on myself, <laughs> just in case. Um, yeah, and like that, we only fucked one time, but we still talk once in a while. Um, we still talk once in a while and like she, sometimes she asks me for money. <laughs> I think she's still going through it and she knows about this. She knows about my porn. Um, so if you're listening, Katie, sorry if that's a weird description of you, but that's just how I perceive you or how I perceived you at the time. Uh, I don't really know you now as well. I still think you're cool. And don't mean to dox you. We'd love to fuck again. <laughs> hit me up. Can't give you money, but uh, hit me up. Let's make a video. Uh, and yeah, so I think that pretty much brings us to finally fucking leaving leaving Pennsylvania, finally leaving the East coast, uh, which I thought I would have finished ages ago, but I just apparently fucked that much that, uh, I need to include it all. And I, I need to make sure everyone knows I fucked, or at least I used to fuck. All right. So you can see my downfall. Uh, you can see the decline, but yeah, I was fucking a lot back then. I don't know what, 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 what kind of swag I had. Must have just been like really deep depression kind of swag that appeals to people in Pennsylvania, but maybe not as much here, you know? Uh, and literally the first day. So, okay. So me and Rachel, <laughs> me and Rachel have started talking again, like around that summer when I was working at camp and seeing the Ohio chick, uh, we just started text, texting casually, blah, 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 but nothing like no talk of like meeting up or anything. Um, just trying to be on good terms. And then the day I left Lancaster, I got my car was packed up. I was like ready to just drive across the country. Uh, I was just like, I texted her randomly. It was like, Hey, do you, uh, I'm leaving. I'm going to drive. I'm going to be driving like through like Baltimore or like near Baltimore. Like it'd be cool to see you. If not, no problem. I know it's short notice. And she was like, yeah, I'm actually off and, um, and I went and we met up and we just had a good hang. I thought it would be good closure, you know, after like all that, all, all the ups and downs and back and forth. And, uh, and we ended up fucking, of course, we went back to her place and uh, I fucked the shit out of her. And I distinctly remember, because I relived that moment so many times after that, was the the pillow talk we had was like, essentially it was like, I'm really glad you're moving like across the country because otherwise we'd probably, I'd probably, we'd probably do this again. We'd probably date again. And I was like, Phew you're right. Yeah. Like that's a relief. Like wipe the sweat off. Cause this shit ain't happening. 
Um, sex was awesome, but yeah, no, I, you know, I got in my car and, and left and it felt good. I was like, okay, like, wow, that was exactly like the ideal way to like kind of end that. Uh, and then we ended up talking like the whole time while I'm driving across the country, we were still like texting and like calling each other on the phone. I was like, okay, like that's fine. It's probably just cause like I'm lonely and like I'm on the road. Like I just need someone to talk to and it's not a big deal. Um, and you know, ended up becoming like a regular thing while I was out there. And it, it wasn't like we weren't talking like about relationship stuff back then, but it was just kind of like we liked gotten the pattern of talking again. Um, and then like as soon as I got out there, I remember I got a LinkedIn message when I was like finally kind of settled in. I got a LinkedIn message from uh, Julie S, high school sweetheart. She messaged me on LinkedIn and was like asking me like, "Hey, Gabe, how's like nursing?" How is nursing? She was like lost and taking like college courses, but with no major. So she was considering like a career in nursing and she called and we, we talked about nursing for like 20 minutes. And then we talked about doing shrooms for like an hour about our experiences with shrooms and how it's changed our lives. And that was it. That was the last time I talked to her, but I thought it was very funny. It was very funny that, that a LinkedIn made that happen uh, to reconnect you with your ex and that's kind of how I reconnected with uh, Rachel K as well. At one point, we, we reconnected on on LinkedIn. That was the only because we didn't have each other's numbers anymore. You just message them on LinkedIn. You don't delete them. You can't lose those valuable connections. <laughs> Fuck! I'm supposed to. What are we at? Hour and a half, dude. Fuck me. Fuck me in the ass, dude. I'm definitely not editing this one. I'm just going to put this one out because I don't give a fuck. Um, and also because I'm scared of getting banned again, apparently. I'm a little pussy, boy. I have no artistic integrity, boy. Uh, I'm just imagining the the last fuck Rachel and I had before I thought that I, the one when I thought it would be the last. That was one of the best. <laughs> I think those are one of the best. Those are like the the last time you think you think or believe you're gonna have sex with a person. I think is uh, probably sometimes the best. If I think about all of them. It's, it's something, there's some like weird relief or relief. There's no pressure or something like, and it's, it's hyped. It's hyped up. This is the last time I'm going to nut inside this person. It's incredible. It's the last time this person's going to nut inside me. So this one's for Rachel. <laughs> this one's for all my Rachels out there. I know you're out there. I know there's got to be some Rachel from PA listening right now. Somewhere somewhere in the Northeast, at least. You're a pretty white girl with brown hair. Your name, Rachel, and you have a good relationship with your parents. And that's okay. And your parents are in a loving marriage. 
had their ups and downs, but still together. Never even heard the word divorce. Nope, nope. Not till you met me. And you're kind of born in bed, but so am I. Just have nice vanilla sex. I love coming in the missionary position. You know how that goes. But I like it because you got a pretty face. I like looking at your face while I put my pecker inside you. Just slam it in. <laughs> Moan into your mouth. Mm. You know, all that. Rub my hands down, grab your ass, pull you into me. I have to slow down a lot, have full control because I come real quick because that pussy's spectacular. Always dripping wet for me, but not in a bad way, not in like a what's wrong with you kind of way. Just like, oh, wow, you're like, you're just like well hydrated. Um, and yeah. And you just tell me to come for you. Just the right time. You already know when I'm coming. So you start saying it in my ear. <sighs> Say, come for me. Come for me, Gabe. <sighs> and I like to... uh pull away a little bit and just look into your eyes and not say anything I'm just you can tell I'm gonna come but I just want to look at you but as soon as you give me the go when you tell me to come I don't have to hold back anymore I just thrust really fucking hard. Just nice, big, deep strokes inside of you. And I start grunting and groaning. Oh my fucking God.
sorry I cheated on you, Rachel. Hope you're well. Thanks for listening. Bye.